Welcome to the Wild Wisdom Podcast with Dr. Patricia Mills. I'm Dr. Patricia. This podcast is for people who want to transform their health, restore their hormones, and reconnect to their body's natural wisdom. Hi, I'm Dr. Patricia. I'm a Canadian medical doctor, published author, internationally recognized researcher, and passionate advocate for your health. Here, we'll explore the intersection between ancient wisdom and cutting-edge science, distilling the essence of true health into practical steps you can take. Wild wisdom is instinctive knowledge in action. Thanks for making this part of your day. Welcome to the Nutritious and Delicious podcast with me, Bethany. Our mission is to support busy parents all over the world to learn time management while taking care of your nutritional, physical, and mental health. After all, a healthy family starts with a healthy parent. So I'm really excited because today we have Dr. Patricia Mills with us here. She is a Canadian medical doctor. She is a functional medicine practitioner and internationally recognized researcher. She helps motivated women with their unique method of the four pillars of whole body health. This is stress response, hormone balance, gut health, and toxin tolerance. So I'm super excited to have you on the show here today. I'm so excited to be here. Thank you for having me, Bethany. You're welcome. Yeah. So our viewers are mainly women, um, moms in general, and they're kind of looking for not just looking good on the outside, but also looking good on the inside. And you and I both know that the gut and the brain health are very interlinked. So that's why we have our topic today of four steps to whole body health with Dr. Patricia Mills. So yeah, sorry, go ahead. Oh, no, thank you for the introduction. That was great. (laughs) Yeah, no, I'm excited because I think we're going to use me as a bit of a dummy here today. But I kind of want to dive in first to kind of ask a little bit about your story and how you kind of started in functional medicine and what you're seeing in patients today. Yeah, so um, I am a mother as well. I do have two children currently aged seven and just about to turn five, as he likes to say. Mm -hmm. And um, basically, I was a specialist in physical medicine and rehabilitation, uh, practicing at a local hospital, one of the faculty on uh, at the university. Uh, I was the director of resident research. I was publishing a ton of research studies in my field of research at that time. Um, And I was noticing that my health was not going great. Mm -hmm. You know, I was noticing really bad problems with my menstruation. When I wanted to get pregnant at that time, I was having a really tough time getting pregnant. My mood was all over the place. My skin was going crazy. And on top of that, I got the call from my dad. He had been diagnosed with Uh, ALS, amyotrophic lateral sclerosis, Mm -hmm. which is a fatal disease with no cure. Your body muscles Uh, basically shut down and you pass away from not eating, drinking, breathing. It's quite terrible. Yeah, I've heard that. So it really took that you know, it's funny, my own health deteriorating wasn't enough of like, uh, you know, like to get me to dive more into the research. It took uh, the health of a loved one. And oftentimes for with mothers, it'll be like a loved one or a child or, you know, that kind of thing. We don't often prioritize ourselves. Um, So I'm like, I always like to look at the positive side of things. So I am grateful for that having been a real stimulus in my life to caused me to dive into the research using my research skills, but really casting a different net. I was now trying to understand how is it that a man who was like 
an iron man he was eating healthy doing everything that society western medicine was saying would promote a healthy body mm -hmm. experience and he basically had the exact opposite with no family history oh, yeah crazy so, yeah and so i dove into the research i discovered these what i call threads of truth that i was finding in all different areas of research beyond what we're taught in medical school and in my specialty training like 13 years of schooling right and there was still more to learn in the research mm -hmm. and i was starting to notice trends and and i like to you know when it can feel overwhelming i like to create um order out of chaos yeah so i started to to notice that there were these four pillars and you could basically take a piece of information about what it takes to be healthy and stay healthy and put it in one or more of these four pillars mm -hmm. and um i started to apply this method of whole body health um, you know, the fact that it's all interconnected, as you say, the brain, the gut, the mm -hmm. hormones in the joints, the ovaries, the adrenal glands, all interconnected. And when I started to apply these learnings um, that I was getting from the research to my own health, um, I started experiencing massive success. That's amazing. Like, yeah, all of my unwanted um, weight just melted right off effortlessly. It felt like at the time my skin cleared up, everything got better. And when I went to apply it to my dad, it was simply too late. And I realized that in order for me to affect the biggest change in society, I would have to go really upstream before patients came to see me as a specialist by that time. It's possible, I believe, to reverse a very difficult, very, very like um, chronic established conditions. I do believe it's possible. However, it requires like heroic efforts. Yeah. And so it's much, much easier to do it when you catch it either before it's begun or as it's beginning. Yeah. And there are certain conditions like we when we talked about this, we said we would focus on polycystic ovarian syndrome, right? right. PCOS. Mm hmm. I consider PCOS to be that kind of early stages and it's like the body's indicating to you with the body language that things are not going well, those interconnections are off, um, those four pillars which are the stress response, hormone balance, gut health and toxin tolerance, mm -hmm. one or more of those pillars are eroding. Right. Right. And some people are born with one or more of those pillars already affected due to, um, you know, experiences in the mother's womb, unintended exposures to toxins and stress. Mm -hmm. There's a bunch of different reasons for that. And then some of us acquire it over time, some sooner rather than later. And there is, I believe, a genetic predisposition to what your tipping point is. Right. Right. Like some people, they can live a very unhealthy li lifestyle and the tipping point is in their 80s. And for some people, as we say, it's in the womb. And for some people, it might be in their, you know, adolescence, 20s, 30s, 40s, that kind of thing. So, mm -hmm. um, yeah, does that any questions? about that so far yeah i got a lot of questions actually that came up just as i'm thinking about all these things and i'm trying to relate it to my life the first thing that i started to think about when you said um things being too late for people i used to be a nurse working in the diet and health industry and i was seeing a lot of people coming in already with chronic things like diabetes high blood pressure like things that were kind of already like starting 
Um, obviously dealing with massive obesity where there was a lot of weight to be lost, probably a good 50 to sort of 150 pounds was typically what we were dealing with. But what I noticed was that a lot of people came in with chronic issues that were solvable. And like you just kind of said, you know, like from these four responses, stress, hormones, gut and toxins, there's so many questions that I have (laughs) in a sense, because you know, you, you wonder why some children get sick and have allergies. Like, were they overexposed to toxins or during pregnancy? Like, so many factors um, in terms of sort of myself having gone through um, big amounts of stress, um, losing my partner in 2018 and becoming a widow. That was a huge amount of stress. Um, with the PCOS thing, I sort of look at that and ask, you know, uh, where my head goes with this is I know I already had issues leading up to that. Um, I would probably say I figured out there was something going on in my 20s, um, early 20s at that. And But I think, like you said, there's a tipping point. So kind of a question, I guess, what made me think about this is, does it have to be the same, um, I guess what you say, pillar, like that tips you over the edge? Or can it just be that you already have one that's super high already? Say, you're, say your hormone health is off, Um, and then stress knocks you even more into that area. Like, does it have to be the same pillar or can it just, one can just keep going up higher? Like, I don't really understand how that works. Yeah, I love that. I love that question. One way that you can think of it is like the four pillars, for example, it's the framework that we all have. So we Mm -hmm. all have those four pillars. Like we all have a hand, right? Mm -hmm. Well, not all of us, but most of us have a hand we're designed to have, and that's an example. However, the fingerprint is unique. And for each and every person, the combination of things that are either optimal or suboptimal in those pillars is very unique, and it changes over your lifespan. So, for example, I've met people who have like, you know, their parents might have been really, really into health when they were younger and they had really great diets and then they go off into the workforce when they get older and they, you know, exert their independence by eating the way that the standard American diet is. And then their health starts to erode Right. versus someone who, you know, it just takes one thing to be different. Let's say that same child, the mother went through a massive stress response during when the child was in utero, right? Mm. Like in the womb. And that, that event alone could predispose that child to then be more susceptible to problems with, for example, toxins, exposure, or poor um, choices in the diet. Um, because of that previous event. So it really can be a combination and they can all happen at once, Mm -hmm. right? And as you say, the hormone balancing. um, So for example, for me, it was a combination of I moved when I was younger from Brazil and Canada, I'm Brazilian. So I had a big stress response growing up. Mm -hmm. Um, We started off really eating healthy, like the Brazilian traditional way. And then when when we moved here, my mom was at one point working and raising three children. So there were some convenience food options chosen and that started to erode my gut health. My hormone balancing was off because of my stress response and my gut health. Right. Uh, Women have more exposure to toxins through our body products like phthalate, for example, is a very common 
molecule, a chemical in many of our body products. It gets in through the scalp and through the skin. And there has been research done by the Centers for Dis the Center for Disease Control in the U.S., where they take women and men, they measure mm -hmm. their pee, they, their urine, yeah. and they look at the level of that phthalate in the urine. Women had exponentially more of that molecule coming out of their body, which meant it was in their body. And research has proven that that particular molecule alone out of 300 other molecules we're exposing ourselves to daily through our routine skincare actually decreases the functioning of the ovaries, mm. which means you're going to run into more problems with things like PCOS, menstruation difficulties, infertility problems, early menopause or menopausal suffering. Right. And I was your average girl going into Shoppers Drug Mart or Sephora, yeah. all of these beautiful places and, you know, like buying the thing that smelt good or that promised beautiful glowing skin or thick, luxurious hair mm -hmm. and just slathering it on every day. Little was I realizing that that was another erosion to my pillar of whole body health, right? Of the toxin tolerance, my Toxin tolerance was going down as I accumulated toxins in my body and I was not doing daily habits to support the toxins draining out. So you need to decrease what's coming in and increase what's coming out in order to really get that toxin tolerance optimized. Mm -hmm. I can totally believe that because you think about how many products just as a girl, woman um, growing up, you know, makeup, hair stuff shampoos, conditioners, all that kind of stuff. And you're, we're using a lot more than men typically, body washes and everything. And I can believe definitely that we probably have a lot more of that going on. Another one I, I kind of want to understand too, is that I've heard this quite a lot through um, different wellness practitioners too, is like estrogen in our water and like the whole, like we're, if, if people are on birth control pills, they're peeing out the hormones and it's still in the water system treatment and also plastics from our environment people heating things up in plastic containers and being exposed to more estrogen in the environment what is that doing to the men and what is that doing to the women yeah it's not good basically and you're 100 percent right yeah. um when we start talking about these things the tendency for women and, and humans in general is to either get really really scared <clears throat> Um, and really pay attention or get really scared and numb out and block out and become paralyzed, you know, and just say, well, there's nothing I can do about this. So I'm just going to ignore it. Right. I just want you to know that there are many, many things that can be done about this. I'm a testament to that. Right. I went through like, um, you know, basically a very gentle, natural detoxification period in my life when I had to rebalance my hormones and get my whole body health back on track. Mm -hmm. And it's so empowering to learn this. So I just want to set the context of I will never give a problem without the solution. And there are solutions. So I just want to say that first, because um, that might be a response that you as a listener uh, our viewer of this can have. So first, let's acknowledge that. Second of all, absolutely, estrogens coming in from the environment. There's actually a word for it in research, and it's called xenoestrogen, X-E-N-O estrogen. And the word for it is that because it's a foreign estrogen that is not made by our body, yet looks so much like our estrogen that it acts like estrogen, but it doesn't perfectly act like estrogen. Mm -hmm. That's like... Yeah, so a couple of things, you can have too much estrogen getting into your body and that xenoestrogen is actually um, almost like every hormone is like a key. 
Okay. Yeah. And every cell in your body that makes up your body has a lock that the key will interact with if that hormone is supposed to act on that cell. So ovaries, as an example, mm -hmm. have a lock that allows the estrogen key to come in and interact. And that initiates a whole bunch of activity in the cell, like making um, progesterone, which is your fertility hormone, testosterone, which is your libido drive hormone, um, and estrogen, which is like your growth, your curvaceous hormone, right? Mm -hmm. But if you have a xenoestrogen key that goes and interacts with your, with your body estrogen lock, it actually can sometimes get stuck in there. Mm. So the usual estrogen will go in, go like um, interact with the lock and then come out again. So it's a temporary message, message to the body. Yeah. These xenoestrogens can go in and stay stuck in there and keep activating the cell. And that is not good. You do not want to have the body being told to do something all the time. It should be right. told to do something sometimes and not others. So the xenoestrogen thing is is really important, and you're you basically touched on a lot of things to be done to decrease exposure, which is essentially don't drink from plastic water bottles. Mm -hmm. um, get your glass like I'm drinking from, um, like it doesn't Mason have to be jar or something, dance, yeah. right? It's super jam jar. <laughs> jar. Um, I have glass baking dishes. I bake everything. I never heat up anything in the in plastic or heat anything up in plastic mm -hmm. um, i basically have glass tupperware so these are all things i also have a filter um just a regular carbon filter that helps filter out some of these chemicals that are in our drinking water and the system of you know cleaning our water for our taps does a really good job and it's not quite enough. Mm -hmm. So you oftentimes do need to um, do certain things. And the cool thing is, is that once you do one action, it protects you from then onwards. So once you buy the water filter, like a carbon water filter, mm -hmm. which can be on the counter, just like one of those jugs, as long as it has a good quality, like a Brita, or I think a Santivia, for example, mm -hmm. um, or some people will buy the ones that get installed into this, like underneath the sink and all of that water gets filtered, right? Mm -hmm. And there's a lot of um, details around this that you can really dive into. But the concept is that once you buy that product once and you use it, you now have reduced your future toxic burden, right. your load, and that allows you then to start onto the road of recovery, Right. And the way that we detoxify estrogen is through our poop. Yeah. So you need to have really good gut health, really good bowel movements in order to detoxify that estrogen and get the hormone balance. So the four pillars, they are um, they are not standalone. They're actually interconnected. You can think of them as like weaving together like mm -hmm. the trunks tree and each one depends on the other. Right. Because if your stress is off, then your gut health's off. Like if your gut health's off, then you're stressed out because you're probably also not losing weight. And this is what I deal with with quite a few people where they come to me explaining, you know, I'm either not going to the bathroom at all for a few days or I'm going too often. And it sounds a lot like they've got leaky gut going on. And again, you sort of dive into what's going on. You can tell that their toxins are overloaded you know, their stress is through the roof, their hormones are pretty much unbalanced by what they're experiencing. Um, and then this is where we're kind of checking gut health. This is something I was going to ask you as well. How do they find out um, through, I guess, through testing and stuff, like what, what is going on in, in terms of um, like, do you have to sort of test them individually? Like, I guess you can sort of ask somebody like what their stress is. 
um, and their stress response. But you can also tell that, I guess, in cortisol, um, like if you do like a test for that, like I could imagine mine was probably really high and not realized it because it doesn't, it doesn't naturally show on somebody, but it, it will show, like you said, within sort of your body and your gut health. And I can tell you for sure, like my gut health was definitely off. And I think it just became a spiral of my hormones were out of balance and everything kind of went haywire, like within my body, I guess. Yeah, it's a great question. So the question of testing is really interesting because basically there are a few approaches to better understanding your body. There are, you can spend a lot of money um, under undergoing lots of different tests that are they're functional medicine tests because in most cases the, the for example in Canada it's private pr publicly funded care so the government will will pay for certain tests mm -hmm. um, that have been like really researched really tested and it's very clear like if you have um, low red blood cells and you have anemia right yeah. that that leads to certain health consequences and you get a diagnosis of anemia or if your blood sugar reaches a certain cutoff point you have diabetes mm -hmm. but then there's all of the like zones like you know it's like a spectrum of poor health and the government pays for the tests that detect like very obvious disease but what about this zone where you're starting to not be right. healthy and you want to detect it earlier now the thing is you can spend a lot of money on tests like you can do food sensitivity tests which really gives you a sense for do you have a leaky gut because mm -hmm. if you have a leaky gut undigested food particles are going to get into your body and you're going to develop food sensitivities right um, you can do a breath test to see if you have small intestinal bacterial overgrowth. You can do the, um, which is like, again, the dysfunction in the gut. You can do cortisol testing. However, what I really love to do actually is to leverage the universal body language. So there are some very key things that will happen to your body as, as the health starts to become suboptimal, as it starts to deteriorate. Okay. Mm -hmm. And for example, um, with gut health, it's usually your gut starts to feel like dis um, discomfort, right? Mm -hmm. With your digestion, you start to get bloating. The bloating can either stay or it can come and go, right? You can get um, constipation or diarrhea, as you mentioned. Mm -hmm. um, you, the gut is connected to the skin. So if you have problems with gut health, you usually start to get problems with your skin, like rosacea, acne, eczema, dermatitis. Right. And if you have problems with leaky gut, it usually you also have a leaky brain, which means you're going to start having brain fog, like mental clarity is off. You um, may have energy slumps. You may have problems sleeping at night, falling asleep, staying asleep, having deep quality sleep. Yeah. So I like to, for my, um, when, when I get people going through my programs, which I, I love to do group health because it's really amazing to see how when women come together, it's... Um, empowering and you can lean on the willpower of the collective to do the right. lifestyle changes that are necessary to really shore up those four pillars because that's what it's all about it's not medications medications are like the bridge that give you the energy or you know some people need medications in order to have enough energy to then take action for their health but the, right. the medication is not the solution the lifestyle changes are and it's really hard to do lifestyle changes on your own and what i do with these groups of women is we do things like questionnaires so, mm -hmm. and the questionnaires are really designed to highlight how it is that your body is eroding and what to work on. However, what I want to be, what I want to be very clear is that 
some people might go into the process saying, well, I actually, I only have problems with my gut health or I only have problems with my toxins tolerance. What I can tell you is that we all have something up with all of those pillars to varying degrees. Right. And it requires addressing all of those pillars together, the four steps. They, and you choose which one you want to do first. So you may choose to focus on gut health first. You may choose to focus on the stress response first. However, at some point in time in your journey, you will have to turn, like, take the next step in order to get to that whole body vibrant health. For me, I started off with nutrition. I, I became like a nutrition expert. That is definitely one of my big jams and superpowers. Mm -hmm. And what I found was that I got about 80% of the way with nutrition and movement and detoxification. And the last 20% was the stress response. Mm -hmm. It was that, as you, as you said, unrecognized contribution of how I was coping with the events in my life. And the thing is that there is no person on this planet right now that isn't undergoing some form of stress response right? because of simply the way that society set up. And because one of the ways that we have coped with that stress is to disconnect the mind from the body so that we don't feel the effects of it because it can be really overwhelming. So as children, when we start to be exposed to stress and we're not taught ways to cope with that stress, like breath work, like meditation, like mm -hmm. movement therapy. For some people, it's tapping, exercise, all these different things. That stress builds up and to cope with it, you disconnect, you become unaware of it. And that helps you at first. But over time, if the, the, that risk benefit ratio, like the benefit you get out of it is outweighed by the damage to your health. So we, I like to kind of explain it as you know, when you see a duck on water mm -hmm. and on the, on the surface, it looks like the duck is super calm, but underneath it's padding. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's how so many of us women are functioning. That's how I was functioning. I was a very type A woman in medicine, achieving all the things like internationally recognized, traveling all over the world to attend conferences on research, um, mm -hmm. international collaborations. And I was succeeding with my work and I was trying to take care of my family. And, you know, it looked like I was doing all the things like I was superwoman and I, I was superwoman, but my health inside was just slowly eroding from, right. I had no daily, like, you know, habits built into my structure to discharge that stress other than really, really heavy physical exercise. That's how I was de-stressing but the mm -hmm. thing is heavy physical exercise is a stress mm -hmm. it's the yin and the yang yang is like the doing mm -hmm. what i didn't know is i needed to balance the doing including the heavy exercise with the with the rejuvenation with the relaxation so now um i have in my day i have built into my routine breath work and yoga and meditation and those for me are like my medication. Mm -hmm. And I notice if I start to let those things slip, that my health starts to deteriorate. And my stress response had gotten so severe that I needed to make some targeted supplements to rebuild my nutrients. Because when you're in that stress response, when you're in, when you're that duck paddling fiercely in water, looking all calm for the world to see, your body is is being drained of nutrients because right. it requires like magnesium, zinc, vitamin C, vitamin D, like a whole host of nutrients that your body needs. And 
it's it's almost impossible for you to be getting those nutrients from your food due to the increased demand in your life of you know the stress response and the decreased supply of those nutrients in our food supply itself right there's a whole other issue with our food supply Mm-hmm. So I was, e- I was even eating organic and, you know, cooking my own foods by that point. But I found that I had to use targeted supplements to kind of recover from the stress response, like mm-hmm. top my body up so that I could then um, heal from it as I incorporated these um, stress response coping habits into my life. That's yeah, that's a it's very common I find. Like when you said about the magnesium zinc and vitamin C and all that, that's typically what I find. Um when anybody does any like gut health testing with me is basically they're completely stripped of their nutrients, they're not even absorbing anything, their guts leaking, like everything that you've explained. So I think it's not even just like women's health, it's men's health too and um, it's just in a different way. Like they still have the same um, hormones, but they have obviously a lot higher like testosterones and all that kind of stuff in their body. Um, how do syndromes like PCOS link um, to these issues that we've discussed? And have you seen any other types of autoimmune diseases like a common one? Because like I've seen quite a few myself and I'm wondering if like there's there's some link there like i've seen a lot more allergies than normal like celiacs like all that kind of stuff and are these like all the same kind of realms of autoimmune responses to these like overloads that we're talking about yeah i did a really deep dive on pcos um for a series of uh youtube lives that i did Mm -hmm. um which you'll find under dr patricia mills md and you look at the playlist pcos Um, And basically what I found in the research, the threads of truth that I found in the research in terms of which pillars are most affected are the sugar hormone insulin. Mm -hmm. So it's like a hormone balance, um, mostly starting off with an imbalance in insulin, which is our, I like to call it our sugar hormone just to make it more easy to understand. Insulin does a lot of other things. Hormones are messengers in the body. And they react to what happens in the body. And so insulin is a hormone that's produced by the body when we eat foods that turn into sugar. Mm-hmm. And basically, carbo- all carbohydrates turn into sugar once we eat them, but they're not all of them are created equal. Right. Some of them turn very quickly into sugar. So if you eat, um, let's say, for example, we take two foods that have the same calorie content. Um, one is a plate of broccoli and one is a plate of Skittles. Mm-hmm. When I eat, um, and, and let's say they even have the same carbohydrate contents, like the, like say 10 grams of carbs in one and 10 grams of carbs in the other, let's say like we adjust the size mm-hmm. to be exact. Well, the, the carbohydrates in the, um, in the broccoli are packaged in fiber So that packaging causes the body to go through a process of breaking it down slowly. So there's a slow release of that sugar into the blood. The body senses that slow release of sugar into the blood, and it sends a signal to the body to make the sugar hormone insulin nice and slowly and stable. Mm -hmm. And insulin holds hands with our other hormones, estrogen, progesterone, testosterone. And as long as insulin is stable, all the other hormones are stable. The Skittles, on the other hand, is not packaged in fiber. Yeah. It's basically pure carbohydrate. And so it quickly turns into sugar. And all of a sudden, what the body senses is a massive spike 
in sugar mm-hmm. and uh, um, the body's response is to produce a massive spike in insulin and now insulin balance is like off it's like whoa so much insulin is made and that imbalances estrogen progesterone and testosterone and that imbalance can happen in the moment and your body if that's if it's only like the occasional exposure it'll recover but if it keeps being exposed to it over time that recovery the, the ability of the body to recover from that is reduced and now you've got the hormone imbalance through the portal of the sugar hormone the thing is you have to understand is a lo- there's a lot of women out there who's like well i eat, i don't eat sugar i don't eat candy and yet i have these hormonal imbalances what you have to know is that there are a lot of foods hiding out in our standard American diet that are disguised as healthy foods, and they're yeah. not. Let's give a few examples. Bread made out of flour mm-hmm. that has not been fermented into sourdough. If you take a slice of bread, depending on the bread, because it's not just the flour, if you read the ingredient list, they'll often add sugars to yeah. the taste. It actually can have one teaspoon to five teaspoons of sugar in that piece of bread mm-hmm. and and it can have the label whole wheat organic sprouted right there's a lot of these really healthy foods mm-hmm. and that in and of itself will cause a massive blood sugar spike so it, and also things made with rice flour so gluten-free products cause massive hormonal imbalances through the sugar hormone. And people are told that gluten-free is healthy. So they're using it for treats, for regular everyday eating. Oat milk, which is becoming very popular, tons of free sugars in the milk that are just massively spiking. Protein bars and protein powders Mm -hmm. have lots of hidden sugars in there. Um, If you start to read the ingredient list, you would be so surprised. And the label can be so misleading. I have yet to find like a perfect protein bar or protein powder that I would not be worried about my hormone balance or my gut health in some way. Mm -hmm. Um, Smoothies, women are doing all these smoothies and they're putting in their fruits Once you blender a fruit, it goes from being packaged in fiber to the fiber being pulverized. And now you have this massive spike in blood sugar and juices. A lot of moms are giving their kids juices under the impression that it's providing nutrients and vitamins. Yes, if you eat an apple, an apple a day keeps the doctor away. If you drink that apple in a juice, even if there's no sugar added, organic, no sugar added, Mm -hmm. it's a massive hit to blood sugar to the body and people and kids are taking juice boxes to school they're having it day in and day out for the occasional birthday party fine for daily use not so good so Mm -hmm. you can see how uh, for me uh, and also the dressings the salad dressings like the green goddess dressings of the world right Mm -hmm. what a beautiful word it looks all healthy you read the ingredient list did you know there's 56 different words for sh- for sugar that they can use in ingredient lists to disguise the fact that there's a ton of hidden sneaky sugars in there? Mm-hmm. So that it's interesting because when I dove into the PCOS world, what I found was that the common thread was that every single research study that looked at people with PCOS, whether they were overweight or slim, okay, so the body shape didn't matter, mm-hmm. they all had different degrees of insulin hormone imbalances and insulin hormone what's called resistance insulin resistance which is that repetitive hits of blood sugar every day causes over time that that 
you know, the, um, the lock to not listen to, the, to not work with the key anymore, it resists the hormone, it's resistant to insulin, so it doesn't work anymore. The body needs a little bit of sugar for energy in the cells. Now it's not getting that energy in because it's insulin resistance and the function of that organ starts to decline. In the case of insulin, of PCOS, the level of dysfunction is the, the brain's ability to communicate with the ovaries and the ovaries ability to respond to the brain. Mm -hmm. The messages of the brain. So there's these real, there's a fascinating effect and this research shows <clears throat> that if you take women and you make them more insulin sensitive, so you either change their diet to, to stabilize their blood sugar levels. So instead of having these spikes through the day, it's nice and stable. And you mm -hmm. do that for a period of time because the body needs to recover, right? It doesn't just recover right away. Right. It takes about three months or so for that, re that reset button, so to speak. And the other way that research has done it is by giving medications to it cause the body to be more insulin sensitive, which is, is a massive band-aid because the, the, the root cause is still happening. So right. helping the receptors, but the underlying problem is going on. So for me, it's a proof. It proves that the insulin resistance is the, is the cause. Right. However, it's not the solution. The solution is the lifestyle changes. Right. Would you say, would say about 90% or so of PCOS? Would you say for somebody that has something like PCOS, would you, because when you say like, okay, so there's like hidden sugars and carbohydrates, people think whole wheat is healthy, all that stuff. I can tell you from my own personal experience, like eating whole wheat pasta and things like that, I was like falling asleep right away after. And, you know, people are trying to sort of buy the best things that they can that is healthier. But is it more of like they would have to eat a more, I would say keto because keto is a big trend. but what kind of like diet in a say, like, would you kind of say for somebody that's got like hormone imbalance, whether there's men or women, is it more of a healthy fat kind of program that you're kind of saying with lots of fiber? Yeah. So it's, it's actually so interesting. I'll take a few key examples because people like practical solutions, mm -hmm. right? So first of all, ketogenic diet for women, which is basically you go very low carbohydrate is very unhealthy in the long term. Right really bad for our hormone production because women have less of the feel-good hormone serotonin in the body about 50 percent less than men in the brain mm -hmm. and we need um, carbohydrates coupled with protein to make serotonin in the brain right so what what women who undergo long-term ketogenic diets very strict over time they experience lots of problems with their health and their mood there's this thing called cyclical keto where it's like you occasionally add the whole grains and then you take it away, add it and take it away. That's another option. I find that to be a very restrictive way of living. So this is how I, this is how I do it. There are um, traditional methods of preparing whole grains mm -hmm. that decrease the sugar load of that food and at the same time protect our gut health. And in the case of whole grains, it's fermentation to make sourdough. Right. So if you take, um, let's say, wheat, and you take that wheat and you ferment it, and you do, and you make a sourdough over a period of three days, that's about how long it takes for the sugar content to go down mm -hmm. in that wheat. It's also, by the way, the amount of time it takes for the protein in the wheat, like gluten, like gliadin, all these different proteins in the wheat to be more broken down. So 
so that the protein in the wheat actually becomes available to the body. Mm. So a very clean sourdough bread that has been properly fermented over a period of about three days that doesn't have added preservatives or added flavor enhancers or any chemicals. It's just the wheat, mm -hmm. the, the culture, like the yeast, water, olive oil, and sea salt, like a good quality salt. And um, you sourdough that up, the sugar content drops, the protein availability increases. And as long as you eat in moderation, right? Like having the palm of your hand kind of serving, and you couple that with a good quality source of, of protein and fiber, something to really like ground, you know, mm -hmm. to help coat the gut and help that blood sugar um, absorption be even slowed a little bit more. So what helps decreasing the blood sugar absorption? It's eating that whole grain, that, that sourdough bread mm -hmm. with like a nut butter, if you can tolerate nuts, right? Um, vegetables, which if you eat the vegetable first, it coats the lining of the gut. So Italians have anti-pasty dishes, which mm. are basically vegetable dishes that you eat before the pasta. Anti-pasty, you know, anti-pasta. Mm -hmm. That's funny. And so if you eat vegetables first, it lowers your sugar um, absorption. And so it's this combination of proper food preparation mm -hmm. coupled with a balanced eating um, approach right? So for example, I'll eat my nuts and my, my apple together. And mm -hmm. that gives me better blood balance control if I just eat the apple, which is by the way, eating an apple is a much better step than eating a protein bar, right? Right, which has that you may get more protein out of it, but you're doing it at the risk of imbalancing your hormones. So it's better again to stick to those real foods, mm -hmm. those whole foods. So a lot of what I teach women is how to properly prepare their foods using ancient food preparation methods. And if you're someone who's really busy, did you know that you can buy um, Ezekiel bread, which is you find it in the freezer section yeah. of your store, right? Because mm -hmm. it has no preservatives. So if a food, if a bread is on the shelf in a plastic bag and it's lasting there for more than a week, it's got chemicals and preservatives right. that will damage your gut health. And your gut is a major hormone producing organ, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. So it then feeds into your hormone imbalances. It's all, as I say, interconnected. So that's, and, and it's difficult. It's obviously not possible to download everything you need to do in your life to, um, you know, support those four pillars in one podcast. It's a process, which is why for me, when I stepped away from practicing um, physical medicine and rehabilitation into functional medicine, which is root cause medicine. Right. I had to um, expand my reach through daily social media on Instagram, having a private Facebook group for women where every day I show up and I teach something. It's like powerful baby steps mm -hmm. need to be taken that address these big four steps, these big four pillars that you eventually have to journey through in order to get to that state and every small change that you make in your life. Like if you go out, if you right now make a decision to say, I'm going to stop buying these processed packaged breads, mm -hmm. even though they say organic and sprouted, and I'm going to look for a really good quality bakery in my neighborhood and get a good quality sourdough or learn how to make it yeah. myself, which is actually like a cool kind of hobby to get into. Uh, if you're busy like me finding, as long as you find one or two good product options in your neighborhood, you're good to go. Right. Mm -hmm. So oftentimes it's not about eliminating 
it's a and and being in a state of deprivation it's in swapping yeah that's where I think a lot of people struggle because I think they first feel very overwhelmed. Like, well, now I feel like I can't have anything. And that's very much a diet mentality for a lot of people. It's, and that's what it's about. I think it's definitely about swapping things out. Well, instead of having, you know, this with your apple, try this instead. And it's those baby steps. But I think the first place, like you just said, is definitely awareness. And I think just listening in on this podcast today for people they may think, wow, like I didn't realize there were so many things out there that um, even tr- just drinking regular water out the tap or buying what I feel is healthy whole wheat bread is something that I think people are going to look at now and be like, I probably need to change a few of my habits. So with that, um, is there anything else that you can tell our listeners today in a way that can help them with their inner body health journey? I find that what can be really difficult for people is when they start to feel like you as a listener or a viewer, you start to feel overwhelmed by everything that you feel like needs to happen in order to achieve vibrant health. And it's a few things to anchor around. One is the reason you have to have intention. And the reason is you want vibrant health so you can feel amazing Mm -hmm. and live a life you love. If you don't make any kind of a change, if you stay paralyzed or procrastinating What is for sure is your health won't get better. It will probably deteriorate. And the proof is in the population. For most people, health is deteriorating. So any small shift, any small sustainable shift that you can make in your life is a step in the right direction. And you get to choose where you want to start off with. And one thing you probably want to do is... Find someone like Bethany, like myself, there's a lot of people out there in the health space, do some homework around their training and their credentials, listen to their approach and discover some uh, one or a few people that you resonate with that approach. Like it makes sense to you. It Mm -hmm. feels appropriate. And then commit to engaging in that process. I find that a lot of people are kind of hopscotching around and listening to a lot of information, but not putting it in action. And wisdom is knowledge in action. You may have a lot of information in your brain from all of this content you're consuming, but if you're not taking at least a portion of that and putting it into action, you don't get results. And what you actually want is not a brain full of information. You want a body with results, right? right? And so that to me is like, what is my next step? My next step is to find a few people that you can add to your healthcare team. And that includes your doctor, because you'll still need to have a health professional who Mm -hmm. can, should something happen, order your medications if you need it, right? Mm -hmm. Or continue to prescribe if if that's what you need. And then think of your body like a business. You may need someone who helps you with the nutrition piece. You may need someone who helps you with the motivation piece, with the mindset piece, find out what it is that you need for your body and start populating those kind of needs. Right. Mm -hmm. And any action that you take is action in the right direction and don't judge yourself. Don't go into a state of despair. You know, don't paralyze, procrastinate or self-sabotage. A lot of people, what they do is they listen to talks like this and one of their self-sabotaging strategies is um, it doesn't matter. You know, that, that I don't have to do this. It's not really that important. Mm-hmm. And actually, your, your, your inner self is recognizing the importance of this. And your self-sabotaging kind of ego strategy is to minimize the importance so that it gives you permission to not take action. 
Well, don't fall into that. You know, it's uh, what will happen is you may not put in the work and the effort now, but the longer you take, the more you procrastinate, the more that you're paralyzed, the more work it's going to be in the future. And as with what happened to my dad and what I see happen to a lot of people and women, especially the long-term consequences of insulin resistance in women is Alzheimer's. Mm -hmm. Women are three times more likely to get Alzheimer's than men. We have this unique sugar hormone effect in our body that seems to be quite different from men. Mm -hmm. And there's some gender, genetic predispositions, some hormonal predispositions. And, you know, it is, it is possible to reverse Alzheimer's. The research shows that actually is very promising. However, it is really difficult to do. And now is the time where an ounce of prevention is worth like multiple pounds of cure. Right. And I think you're right with that. There's a lot of people that I deal with, again, they're in the diet mentality still of, um, I'll start on Monday, or I did really bad over the weekend. And um, like you said, kind of with them, it's it's like an overwhelm of um, like too much, I guess, too much information and like not knowing where to start. It starts with a baby step. And I love how you're helping women because that's exactly what we do is a healthy, you know, a healthy family starts with a healthy parent. If we can get through to mom, we can get through to basically the whole family because she's typically buying groceries, feeding everybody, like usually um, in a lot of families, right? So we can actually get through to the next generation too, and then being taught and, and having healthier um, upbringings as well. So thank you so much for coming on to the show today, Dr. Patricia Mills. Um, can you let our audience know where they can find you? Yeah, if you hang out on Instagram, it's at dr.patriciamills, D-A-T-R-I-C-I-A-M-I-L-L-S. I have a a free private Facebook group for women called Wild Wisdom for Women with Dr. Patricia Mills. And my YouTube channel is Dr. Patricia Mills MD. And I love, I show up every week. I do live shows, um, tackling specific topics like PCOS and also creating like how to tutorials and uh, very useful information for the woman who's looking for her next best step. I love that. So I'm going to put all those notes um, on the, for the show for everybody so they can actually contact Dr. Patricia Mills. Um, and I hope you guys have enjoyed the podcast. So thank you for coming on. Thank you for having me, Bethany. And thank you for the amazing work that you're doing in this space, um, supporting women who really deserve to experience the best version of their life now. Excellent. Thank you. Thank you for taking the time to listen to this podcast, Wild Wisdom with Dr. Patricia Mills. If you like this podcast, please take the time to like and subscribe. And please feel free to leave any comments and look below for the contact information if you want to connect with me directly. Thank you and I hope you have a wonderful day, evening or night. Hi everyone, I hope you enjoyed this episode. Just a reminder, this podcast is for educational purposes only. This podcast is not a substitute for a professional care doctor or other qualified medical professional. This podcast is provided with the understanding that it does not constitute medical or other professional advice or services. If you are looking for help in your journey, it is important that you seek out a qualified health practitioner. If you would like to work with Dr. Patricia for her expert health transformation guidance, please email her at info 
at drpatriciamills.com to book a discovery call. You can also find Dr. Patricia on Instagram at Dr. Patricia Mills and Facebook at Wild Wisdom for Women with Dr. Patricia Mills, MD. For access to all of Dr. Patricia's educational videos and more amazing perks, consider becoming a Patreon member. Links are in the description of this episode. It is important to have an expert in your corner that can help you make the changes you crave, especially when it comes to your health. 